you're listening to a special edition of Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein, and with me in the amazing uh, online internet-connected booth is Rafe Hates Caleb. That's your Twitch and Discord, far as I know, but you're, you just go by Caleb normally. Yes, sir. That's, that's, uh, that's me. <laughs> now, we're, we're, we're going to touch upon a few different topics with you today. For this series of interviews that I'm doing, we're going with Final Fantasy randomizer people. So I know you through that community since uh, I just joined it fairly recently, and I think you're fairly new to the community as well. Yeah, I've been in the community for about six weeks. Oh, no, I guess. It's got to be a little longer than that. Ten weeks. Hey. Um, two, two and a half months, yeah. I, I joined... Literally like two days before the final fan or the um, the spring tournament kicked off. Oh wow! So, so I think technically I've been there longer than you have because I think I joined four days before. Oh nice! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've seen you like in the community. Like, were you were you involved at all with the community beforehand? Because I feel like your name I recognized in. I like mean, things like that. Uh, not from Discord. I mean, if you saw me uh, make comments on YouTube videos, because I was on the YouTube community for like two years. Okay. So yeah, and that was how I got into Final Fantasy Randomizer was when they did their special YouTube broadcast of one of their races. That was that was so cool. And then I was just like, if they're gonna come to me, I should just go to them finally. <laughs> right. I maybe maybe that was. It was just in my subconscious when if you were ever like watching the live races, because I feel like I watched a lot of the YouTube races, mm-hmm. like just like you did for over two years watching them. Yep. And every now and then when you when you watch these races, the commentary will refer to the chat. Yeah. And on YouTube, you don't get the chat. So maybe it was like, oh, we got a question from Dark Moon X or something like that, or it's a comment from you in chat that was mentioned on yeah. a stream. And that's maybe how like subconsciously I've heard your name, because I felt like. I feel like you've been in the community much longer than I have. <laughs> well, I I know a lot about it just because I've been watching. So when I joined in, it's like, oh, yeah, and then there's this and this. Like, you're new. And I go, eh, eh. I just, I know this because I've been listening to you guys for two years now. Okay, like, that makes me feel a little bit better because, like, <laughs> when you were posting, like, duckling stuff, I was like, this guy's not a duckling. He's been in the league <laughs> for, like, a year. <laughs> yeah, but I suck at the game itself. I'm terrible. <laughs> oh. I mean, I, I, that's what I like about the the randomizer. It doesn't matter if you're in my mind. I mean, other people might have their competitive baggage that they bring into it, but it's it's not like a game that you can suck at. You know, it's just it's there is uh, planning and decision making and routing that come into play. But for the most part, it's not like you're trying to do a sword dash and link to the past randomizer. You know what I mean? It's like true. It's, it, it's it's so. it's strategy and learning routing more than anything else because it because of the turn based uh, intent of the game of the way it plays you can get good at some of the menuing and get fast at stuff but for the most part it's more just knowing your route knowing what you're going to do learning to anticipate what the game does because it's just the same menus over and over again there's no like link hover or having to learn like three one frame windows to do things it's not that kind of speed game yeah yeah it's. It's like speed chess. It is. It in, is. In my mind. And, that's and, it, the, that, and there's 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 the, the game between <laughs> you and your opponent if you're racing, and then there's the game between you and the AI RNG of mm-hmm. the game. Mostly Kraken 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the great equalizer, Kraken 2. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's an interesting thing about the game where even if you're not good at it, you can usually finish most seeds in about 
two and a half, three hours. And once you once you get familiar with it, your times drop by at least an hour just automatically, no matter no matter how good you are at the game, just because you've learned it enough. Yeah, it's it's amazing how quickly those uh it's not even like matters of seconds. It's like whole swaths of time. Huge I remember chunks. when I got into randomizer communities, it was through a link to the past randomizer. Mm-hmm. And it was about two and a half years ago. I was down in Georgia visiting family for Christmas and my brother was playing this game. And I was like, actually it was the Thanksgiving before that my youngest brother and I were watching my brother and his friends race link to the past randomizers on Twitch and I was like, I want to do this. I want, I love this game. I feel like I know it very well. And when I went down there for Christmas and we were hanging out, we started racing. And and then the first time I completed a seed for that, it was like six hours. I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, the next time I completed a seed, it was three hours. Mm. Like half the time was just lopped off. And then it was just working on getting a sub two. And when I got my first sub two, it was like a weight lifted on my off my shoulders. And then I never played the game again. (laughs) (laughs) I think Link to the Past is one of those ones that I look at wanting to play at some point. Not that I think I'm ever going to be good enough for the tournaments. I watch people like Andy and Pink Kitty Rose and those people on there. And I'm like, you have more technical skill in like your pinky than I'm ever going to have in my entire being at this point. But that's one of those games I grew up with because, you know, Child of the NES and the Super Nintendo and Link to the Past is a classic. I mean... I'm sure I could probably eventually get to a sub two just because I know enough about the basics of the game and I've watched how they route it. But yeah. th- that's one of those ones that I think I would play casually. I don't think I would do racing in that one. Yeah, it's, it's a super fun game to play casually. Again, I haven't played it in probably like a year and a half. I have a, a good friend of mine that I play D&D with. Mm-hmm. He used to competitively race um, Link to the Past uh, Master Sword. Um just up to that point, the Category? yeah, yeah, the, the three dungeons in Master Sword to get to that, and once you pull it from the pedestal, you finish the run. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was, and he would race competitively with that. So I showed him the randomizer, and then we raced in person. Like he brought his computer over. <laughs> <laughs> like we were set up in my living room. I was on a laptop, and we raced, and uh, that was a lot of fun. But that was probably the last time I played the game. Mm. Um, but in that pro through that process, watching the link to the past randomizer videos on YouTube, it started like, Hey, you might want to watch this. Mm-hmm. And it was the final fantasy. I was like, Oh my God, I like this game so much more yeah. than link to the past. Yeah. Let me watch these videos. And I was just mind blown gif, you know, and it was, <laughs> uh, it was so much fun. I was like, wow. And then like, you're seeing these names and it's just like, uh, Edgeworth and and Tristel and you're mm-hmm. just like wow these guys are really good at this game and then you're like a year later it was like new people coming in and like Falconic FF and now he's just Falconic and they were like coming in and they were like the 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 dark horses and like the new people and then it was like Arson Horse and it's just like yeah and then to jump into the community and have conversations with these people that you've only seen in YouTube videos there's like a weird um not, I don't want to inflate anyone's egos, but like <laughs> when you're new to the community and you've only seen these people through YouTube videos or I would watch them on my TV because I had the YouTube hooked up there. Yeah, when you're I have it on my Xbox. It's lovely to watch on that. Yeah. And it's just like there's there's this feeling of like meeting a celebrity. Yeah. You know, 
and it's and then you realize oh you're you're not you're just some dude <laughs> for the most part i mean there are still certain members of the community that i see and they jump in and i converse with them and at the back of my mind i'm like a little fangirl just like squeeing the whole time like oh my god edgeworth is talking to me uh right, right. <laughs> Oh, oh crap, Cece's running my seed. <laughs> I hope she likes it. <laughs> yeah, crab cakes is insane cuz we're 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 wandering all over the place. It's it's a yeah. much much less controlled conversation than I had with uh Sonny Rath uh the last time just cuz, you know, we're we're already jumping into it. You run your own podcast and you know how this goes, mm-hmm. so we're just letting this fly. But yeah, it's it's I was going to do a whole long quick spiel about how you got into it and everything, but no, let's just let's dive right in cuz let's just uh, jump into it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, watching watching the early races between Edgeworth and Tristel MTG, and those things were crazy. How good both of them were, and it's like Edgeworth would 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 take a lead, and then Tristel would take over, and Tristel would make gambles. But between the two of them, Edgeworth would play slightly more conservatively. But that's conservative for them. It's not conservative for us, yeah. where you know we're spending time checking every treasure chest. Conservative for them is the difference let, between. Let me, let me get this M grind out of the way. Yeah, like what, <laughs> an hour twenty-five for the seed instead of an hour twenty is conservative for them. Whereas you know you or I, I'm like, well, two hours was really good for me. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and then Crab Cakes comes in, and right now she is undefeated in the like throughout the entire tournament it hasn't lost even a single matchup, and it's just crazy how good she is. Yeah, I mean, and and I like that she's still human. Uh-huh. You know, like when you when you see the challenge leaderboard and stuff like that, there are people that beat her. Yep. You know, so it's not like she's like a task bot, but she's gotten some really uh, strong luck on her side as well as a ton of skill. And when those two things intersect, mm-hmm. you know, you 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 you're nine and zero in a, in a spring tournament against really tough competitors. It's not like she had an easy schedule either. So no, the, the, no, the Swiss was built out. Well, and it's it's the thing that um, I saw some people comment upon, which was that. Her wins were luck on the ones where she was behind by like five, ten minutes. And I mean, five to ten minutes in a crab cakes run is a long time. But it's also that thing of she like the people she was playing against knew it was crab cakes, even Edgeworth, because Edgeworth apparently like for the week before his race with her, he like shut everything else down and went offline and was just playing seed after seed to practice. And it's the thing of. In all those cases, they took gambles, assuming that Crab Cakes wouldn't, which she didn't, because she plays, she plays fast. But I noticed she she plays consistently. I wouldn't say conservatively, just consistently. And she likes certain things that she hits every time, and she's gonna check certain chests. And they'd go in faster than she would, but by the end of it, she'd be better prepared, so that every time that they hit any any kind of speed bump in Topher, she could shoot right past. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a very insightful point. And like I don't want to like diminish uh Shadow Walker's accomplishments nope. either for being in the spring tournament because that dude is also he is. Like, I, beast mode. I played in a race with him and Crab Cakes and myself. It was um one of those awful challenge seeds that you expect to be uh-huh. four to five hours and Oh, this was that five hour, five thousand, five hundred percent clamp. Yeah, five hundred percent clamp. So every every boss was at least a hundred percent, and they most of them scaled up to five hundred. And we had an alternate final boss, which for those that haven't played Final Fantasy Randomizer, the traditional end boss of Chaos can be replaced with much harder versions, such as what like two Warmax and six Badman, or like a pack of eight Garlands and a Chaos, or Double Dragon, yeah. which is a Tiamat and a Carry. And the one we got was the Warmax pack. And okay. it was 
absolutely destructive. Like, I think the Warmax had Nuke on them that they'd open with, and a couple of the Badmen, the Badmen had, like, another nasty spell or something. So, if you weren't lucky with your turn order, you got destroyed immediately, and we spent easily three hours on that seed Jesus. trying to get past... Yeah, because they got into Topher at, like, the two-hour mark, and it wasn't an easy seed, like, floor shuffle and everything to begin with. Um, I got in... 30 to 45 minutes after they did, because I'm slow, which I still consider that an accomplishment on how hard the seed was. Yeah, dude, and, you've been in you've been in the community like not even three months. Yeah. And you're and you're and you're running a, a an incredibly difficult seed with the best in the game. And I almost beat them. I had it down to one war mech and everything else was killed, and turn order was the only thing that made me lost, and then I spent two more hours beating against it until oh Shadow Walker cra- I know. And Shadow Walker so much sleep over that. Oh, I was okay. <laughs> you know, I go into every seed expecting to lose, and when you're playing Crab Cakes and Shadow Walker, you just accept it. Yeah. Um but the fact that that almost happened, Shadow Walker was like, Man, if you beat me on your first attempt at that dungeon, I was gonna be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was fun and it was fun to watch them and that was one where Shadow Walker won because he managed to figure out how to get through it before everyone else that was playing the other two of us. So yeah, it's yeah. it's Shadow Walker has some really strong skill and in the particular match he had with uh, Crab Cakes, it, it went against his favor, but that's not to diminish his ability because if his gambles had paid off, he'd be in it and she'd be out. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to point this out if there are any of the devs listening right now. I want I want a flag that if the enemy's stats can be boosted to 500%, there should be an option for the player flags to be boosted that high. <laughs> well, they're so like... I don't know if you've been lo- looking at the dev conversations in the various forums. There's, um... They found... They decided to scale the thief up in yes, the alpha I love, channel. I love that flag. But uh, when you get the thief a high enough level with like the Mazamoon or the katana on them, their their uh, hit percentage actually breaks because yes, uh, it hits a, it hits a cap that they didn't even realize existed in the game. And I have a feeling that if they started to really boost the stats, like you're suggesting, jokingly or not, we'd hit all no. kinds of caps we didn't even know existed because it's just not joking at all. <laughs> like, if, if, if like because there were also there was also the the joke about. Uh, hundred times health, you know. So oh, a I was serious. 000, yeah, it's like that would be fun, but only if the player characters could go that high. Yeah. Like, if I got if I got to swing a sword and be lucky to hit a thousand HP around. Yeah. Against two hundred K, and this guy's got a double nuke rolled, and I can't keep I can't keep up healing with only nine spell slots. I agree. Know, so yeah, that's there that's there's some. Um, there's the Game Boy randomizer that they're doing, Final Fantasy randomizer. I can't remember. Uh, HMS Jane? Uh, yeah, and that's what, by Nicole Nicolette? Yes. Okay, I'm terrible with names, so. <laughs> You're good. I, I, I work with people, so like names and things like that are kind of okay with me. I won't say I'm good at them, because eventually <laughs> I will like drop a name. So like, you said you are good at names. I'm... Like, <laughs> I'm human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Nicolette on the yeah, I'm I'm part of that Discord as well. I'm yeah, much more uh, lurker in that one. It's mm-hmm. like, I do I have to download like a whole different thing, or like, can I just use Bizhawk for this? <laughs> uh, that's that's a whole other matter right there. But yeah, no, the um, I'm, I see the conversations about that one, and I'm intrigued when it happens because that's the kind of one because the Game Boy game doesn't use the D and D style spell slots; it uses straight magic points. So. Things can be boosted, and if they decide they want to boost it so that characters can have 9999 health and 
stats yeah. way above the NES, then I think at that point you have to you have to be allowed to slide the bosses up to like a hundred times stats as well, because yeah. otherwise all the difficulty of the game, which is halfway lost in the Game Boy Advance version anyway, because that game's freaking easy. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, oh man, I, I love this game so much. Like the Final Fantasy, I think Final Fantasy, Link to the Past. Well, the 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 original Zelda trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love watching the various Zelda games. I think these are the few games that I own on several different mediums. Mm-hmm. Like I have the carts. Like I have um, the original NES carts. I can boot that up. I can play those. You I need both. have. I have like the the GameCube Zelda collection. Yeah, you know. I have Final Fantasy Origins on the PlayStation. I've got the Game Boy. I've got the PSP version. I've got the iOS version on my phone. <laughs> You've bought more copies of Final Fantasy than I have. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all have a certain game that we fell in love with. I don't play the randomizer for it, but I own every edition of Chrono Trigger that I can because that game is my absolute favorite. When Chrono, no matter Chrono no, Trigger is one of those games that missed me really i was right at the age to consume it but like i didn't have it as a kid mm-hmm. i had the um final fantasy i believe it was final fantasy oh it was the one that had final fantasy 4 with it but it was it was the the report chronicles of chronicles thank mm-hmm. you it was chrono trigger and final fantasy 4 mm-hmm. and i had that on the playstation and i played like the first hour of it and Going back into like a JRPG that you don't have nostalgia bound to, I can see that it's hard for me anyway. It's hard to get into them because there's that first hour, hour or two that are just like, okay, it's the town festival. I got to play through this. Okay. And then it's just like eight and like it, I, I lose those early hooks. So Chrono Trigger missed me, but I do have the SNES card because I was like, Years ago, I had a job where I made really good money and I could buy all the things that my nerdy self and <laughs> the nerdy kid inside of me would have wanted. Yeah. So I have like the Chrono Trigger cart. I have the Earthbound cart. I've never played them. You yeah. Know, but I have them. So whenever like I'm independently wealthy, I can just time to play Earthbound <laughs> as a 40-year-old man and try to get the same enjoyment as if I were 13 and playing this game. I mean but- – I have the same th- same thing that you're talking about for Chrono Trigger. I have that for Earthbound because uh, Chrono Trigger and Secret of Evermore and Earthbound all came out around the same time. I remember driving into town to the Best Buy that was there and like yeah. checking the Super Nintendo area and seeing what games were out. And Earthbound just looked weird, which it is. It's a weird game. Yeah. Um. And I, I didn't. Play it, but yeah. Yeah. I didn't pick it up, but I've watched speed runs of it since, and I'm sitting there going. Man, I should have grabbed that instead of Secret of Evermore because of the two of them, that was the much better game. And so when I was, I have Secret of Evermore. That's another <laughs> one that I have that it's like never. Ah, that I thought it looked cool, but I never played it. That game is bad. I mean, it's fun, but it's bad. And like once you get to the end area, the end game weapons are broken. Like towards the player, they're great, but you're gonna play it the first time and go, "Is this what's supposed to be happening?" So yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's a broken game. So when I was a kid, like my 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 folks didn't have like a lot of money. They had enough money to mm-hmm. like, you know, we we had a good Christmas and we get, usually got like a decent birthday. Yeah. But other than that, there weren't like any casual gifts or anything like that through the year or mm-hmm. anything. So it was just we got by. And yeah. but my parents, they would go yard sale shopping and flea market shopping on the weekends, especially during the summer. And it was like a little mini Christmas when my dad would come in 
and you would have like six random NES games. Yeah. And it was like, oh, what do we got? Oh, you, you found a Mega Man game? Like, <laughs> and Chrono Trigger was never one that he brought home. So mm-hmm. I, I wasn't exposed to that game as a kid like I was Final Fantasy 2 and 3, a.k.a. Yeah. 4 and 6. Yeah. So I played those a lot because we had them. But Chrono Trigger missed me. And I, my a good buddy of mine, Corey, who we called Kegasaurus. He was I, when I was in the army. He was in the air force, and we called him Kegasaurus because we all had like nicknames for each other when we would go out drinking. Mm-hmm. We would hit different levels of intoxication, and we would become different people. <laughs> and he would become. Uh, I'm not going to out his last name, but he would become Kegasaurus because Keg was part of his um, ah. last name. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually, he'd become the Kegasaurus Rex. Yeah, and then eventually, he'd become Kegasaurus Dead. Um, <laughs> but he he was. He and I, like, when he we used to hang out a lot, he got married and, like, got kind of went away. And I, I, I talked to him every now and then. But um, he used to just, like, come over and we'd be like, hey, you want to do uh, Star 96 Super Mario World? And we would just sit there, have a couple beers, and just play Super Mario World for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> just clearing all the entrances and stuff or exits. But he was really big into Chrono Trigger. And what I was talking about, it was his uh, favorite game. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like, I wanted to, like, further that connection with my buddy but i was just like i played final fantasy 3 um and which he didn't have so it's just kind of like we had mario world yeah but i did play chrono cross on the playstation like i I was an avid consumer of playstation rpgs Mm -hmm. when i was in high school and chrono cross was one that i played until the final boss which had like some like button sequencing thing yeah if you want to properly beat the weird lavos dream devourer thing um you had to hit them in a certain order of color uh using the chrono cross spell which was really stupid yeah so i didn't i never finished that game Mm -hmm. and the same thing happened with me and brave fencer musashi yeah i loved that game and i feel like that's one of those underrated gems from the late 90s that nobody really talks about I mean, I know about and it. I'd never play it. It's a, it's a ton of fun. It's like if um, you could imagine Squaresoft doing a action adventure 3D Zelda kind of game, hmm. you know, because it's like top down, running around, killing stuff active on the world and doing dungeons and you get but you get spells and you got these two different swords and they can do different things and they absorb the souls of enemies. And it was a lot of fun. And it's got like kind of like a, it doesn't take itself too seriously kind of tone. Mm-hmm. And one of the final boss fights is basically like ddr <laughs> but like obviously we didn't have the dance mat to jump around on but it's just like with the controllers and i am not mm. musically inclined yeah so like the sense of rhythm and beat were lost on me and i was just like i'm hitting the buttons in the order that they're showing why isn't it because do- i didn't have the rhythm to do it perfectly. Uh. The, the 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 white guy dancing gene infects my <laughs> video game playing as well Oh yeah, I, I I mean I I have certain games that I just didn't get into cause when I was growing up, and you know I go back to them now. I'm like I can see the merit in this. I see people play Final Fantasy four and Final Fantasy six, which were games that I didn't pick up until much later in life because you know only so much money to go around, and I was buying Zeldas and Secret of Manas and other yeah. stuff. Um, so Final Fantasy Adventure on the game, but the original Game Boy. Did you play that one? Nope. 
I mean, I played oh. it later in life, and it's fun. Okay. But again, I don't have that same attachment to it that I do, yeah. like, Secret of Mana, because that's the game I played. But it's yeah. it's the thing of, like, when I went back and started playing the Final Fantasy games, the ones that I really got into, like, the one that I, like, bonded with the most was Final Fantasy V, because okay. the mechanics of that game are really interesting. That's another one I can't get past the two-hour mark. <laughs> The intro of that game is slow. It's like 45 minutes of cutscenes and a little bit of story. But once you get yeah. into it, all the um, the things you can do with the classes and the upgrading and the various combinations you can do, I fell in love with that game. In a way that uh, Final Fantasy 4 and 6 never really hooked me because they're not like as mechanical. And because I didn't have a deep bond with the story at the time, I'm just like, la la la, I just want to play a game. Yeah. So I have that, I have that problem yeah. with uh, Octopath Traveler which is that I don't care so much about the story, but the mechanics are interesting, so I end up playing that game more for the mechanics. For me, the the game that... So I love Final Fantasy 1. Mm-hmm. Um, Final Fantasy 6 is probably like up there in the top three. Big fan of Final Fantasy 7 when that came out. I don't know how I feel about the remake. Yeah, um, I'm not paying too much attention to it because, man, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But Final Fantasy Tactics, mm-hmm. that was my jam. <laughs> Like Final Fantasy, like the the War of the Lions, the the PSP reboot, yeah, is like, why doesn't this happen for every game that I love? Because <laughs> it's like they they took the the game that was quirky and fun and had really neat mechanics mm-hmm. and kept it the same, but added in like the 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 relocalization of like the the script and stuff is like it's so pitch perfect and i love it so much like that is probably one of my fi- and like and the fact that it was it became multiplayer yeah so like my my younger brother who was really big into it he's one of the um the characters that I always name a party member after if i'm rolling with four uh rockle my he's my brother alex but he um he and i would play tactics like separately and because you could do that in the later Final Fantasies. You had room on a memory card. Uh, Hyro and I talked about how you couldn't have more than one save file on Final Fantasy last night on, on, on my podcast. Because I'm also doing an FFR guest series. But the we would have like we would be playing tactics together. But then on the PSP, being able to play with or against mm. like a, a buddy was so much fun. And like then it unlocking extra gear, and it was just like feeding into that completionist brain that I have. Oh just yeah. Like, why I do like should I buy a second PSP so I can play against myself so I can get all the onion gear? Oh man, the struggle was real for a while, but I love tactics. Like I used to on the PSP, like probably like 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. I used to like put myself to sleep playing it. Like I was working like an odd schedule and I would have trouble falling asleep in like the middle of the day or like late at night if I needed to like get to work like later in the afternoon, like when you're working those like second and third shifts. Yeah. And I used to work a, a two to 10 schedule. So like you're just basically, like, oh, I'm just going to stay up all night and go to sleep at 7 a.m. That's probably what's going to happen. So in order to force myself to go to sleep, it's probably terrible for my eyes, but I would lay in a dark bedroom in my old apartment with the PSP and I would just play with it plugged in until like, the bright light hurt my eyes enough that they just wanted to close. <laughs> and it would just be sitting there cycling on the same battle, just like yelling, hitting each other, healing each other, throwing rocks at each other. Just, 
uh, cheesing, cheesing the hell out of that, uh, that XP system and the JP system. But I loved that game so much. Yeah, I will um, admit that I, I tried Final Fantasy Tactics, but I came at it after having like gotten really into the uh, Shining Force series, and okay. so so like that was the one that took over my my War Sim stuff, and I was so so deep in uh, Shining Force that when I played Final Fantasy Tactics, I'm like, I can see the merit of this, but it's not the game I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. But I also loved the story of mm. Tactics, and I think Tactics came out in this era where they didn't. The games didn't have a lot of. Um, I'm thinking of two games in particular: Final Fantasy Tactics and Xenogears, that I loved as a teenager, like in high school, playing these games that didn't didn't get the same hype as Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy VIII. And I and my brother and I we used to have this conversation is because like there was pushback from those games because eventually in both of those games you end up taking on concepts from the church and fighting God <laughs> in the <laughs> final battle. It's like, Oh yeah, maybe that's why I like these games. But oh, Xeno gears is another one that like, I remember beating and it was like a three disc game. And I remember that third disc was basically just cutscenes. And I remember being at my, um, my buddy's place like playing through like some of the the in-game content and because i would basically just play it and he would watch and we would just like kind of like talk and um make fun of the game like you know like like buddies would do or whatever yeah so we would like shoot the shit during the um like you know bullshit about the game or whatever we been playing the game because at the end that the last act of that game is just like an x button simulator just like yep 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 reading dialogue yep yep yep, yep. oh we're gonna walk down a hall a little bit oh more dialogue more cutscene. <laughs> And there's a moment. Have you played Xenogears? No, I have not. Okay. So you there's can, a you moment can spoil it. It's fine. Are, I don't care. It's an old game. No one cares at this point. Yeah. So spoilers for <laughs> Xenogears. Um, <laughs> there's, you play the antagonist or the protagonist that is like sort of lost his memory and he's regaining it throughout the course of the game. And he develops a relationship with a female character and they fall in love and blah, 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 blah. And there's a moment. So the game is like this 3D rendered polygon at, but there's also like the, the characters almost look like they're um, pixels, like pixel art, mm-hmm. like 3D pixel art instead of polygons. And then all the cutscenes are like beautifully rendered like anime. And there's a moment where the main character and this female character, they consummate their relationship. And there's a moment where she's like in the, the, the 3D rendered world not the anime like cutscene world where she's like in the bed talking to him across the room. Bear in mind, we're like 14 at this time. <laughs> has like the, the little pixel sheet up over her chest. And we're like, do you see that extra pixel? <laughs> <laughs> like that one pixel is a deeper shade of red than the rest of her skin pixels. It's like, is that a pixel boob? <laughs> it like, as like 14, 15 year old kids, like we just, we latched onto that and it's just been like a like an inside joke between he and I for like decades of just like <laughs> the extra pixel. Oh man. But Xenogears is such a fun game, man. Like and it's one that I've like tried to revisit. But again, it opens with that like, here's a festival in town. And it's just like, come on, man. I need something. But I love that game, man. Uh, I get that. I it's, it's it's you know, it's it's that first hour of Chrono Trigger. That's the slowest part of the game, and I love it. Uh, I love the whole game. I'll play it over and over, and I get that first time. I'm like, yeah, okay, I just have to plod through this quickly. Can we get back to the action where I can one hit kill everything with my overpowered sword on New Game Plus now, please? I just that's yeah. what I want. 
it's the same thing with seven. Like, I want to get out of Midgar. Yeah. Get me out of Midgar. Oh, my God. Seven takes so long to get going. There are sections of seven that are a lot of fun, even though I, I personally didn't beat the game, but a friend I was playing with it did, you okay. know. Uh, it's it's there's a sections of seven that are so much fun and then there you get to a point where you're like now i have to grind for a gold chocobo let me spend three hours doing this doot 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 oh i i love the co- the chocobo breeding <laughs> i love it up until the point where you spend like three hours trying to get a goddamn black chocobo and they don't ever give you one like just give me the chocobo god damn it see i had a um i had a strategy guide for that uh... game and it was the um it was the completely unauthorized edition. Oh, they always were. It was yeah. It wasn't the Brady games. It wasn't the white um, guide. It was this really thin. And when it was based off the Japanese game, and there was like a section of it, like, hey, if you go into this well, like you can run around here. It might take a while, but there's a random encounter with this enemy called Test Zero. They have a ton of HP, but they'll never do anything to you, and you get a million XP and ability wow. points. Wish I knew about that shit when I played the game. It's only in the Japanese version. It's like I would spend like an hour just running around in this well, like listening to CDs in the other room. (laughs) Where is this encounter? Just whole internet's around now. Just just go get the uh, Japanese version and play it there because you know everything's available on the internet. Yeah, when I when I watch the um, the speed runs of like from. HDQ or SGDQ uh-huh. where they're doing Final Fantasy 7 and they end up in that weird test area with like the golden triangles. I'm like, come on, man, this ain't the game. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't the game. Come on. I want to see I want to see a Final Fantasy 7 speed run with no glitches. I yeah. want to see you ride that struggle bus for 12 hours. That is something I have an issue with with like a lot of the 3D games. I realize that there are glitches you can pull off and get out of bounds in like the 2D yeah. games. Like gl- uh, out of bounds Link to the Past is, was so common for a while there that m- most of the speedruns don't even do it anymore cuz they're just like this is this is dumb and let's do something else. Unless they're doing like reverse boss order or something, they tend to stick to the regular game. But yeah. you pl- you watch 3D games like Fallout or borderlands or any of those and like going out of bounds and finding the weird like dev areas and everything else is just such a core part of the game that i feel like it it loses the game itself it's just you doing mechanics at this point to get as fast as possible through a cutscene. yeah i agree 100 like it's um it's silly at that point it's just like you're you found a way to glitch the 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 system and it's not to diminish that like there is something to be said for that, but I don't think it should be counted as a speed run of the game. It's cool. You did it. Can I just watch you play the actual game now so we can get some story? Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm amazed that you beat fallout and fallout three and a half an hour, but you know, I yeah. got nothing of the game in that as you play through it as a baby. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question for you. How do you feel about like the Metroidvania stuff? Like, uh, see, see, you're you're starting to get into my jam right now because I don't know if you knew this about me, but for oh my god, like what we're looking at, 19, 20 years almost, I've been running a Castlevania website. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, right. I hung out like in, in my misspent youth, uh, like sixteen and up, when I was on the internet. I spent years on the Castlevania Dungeon forum, like through all three versions of it that were there at the time, and then. A few buddies and I got tired of, like, after one version of it that was on Easy Board got hacked, and the guy who was behind the website at the time, Kurt Collada, who's 
famous for other shit that he does now. Um, he booted up the forum again on a new place with um, classic gaming and whatever they were using, and it just wasn't the same that we were looking for back at the time. So we went off and we did a split-off version of the forum that eventually grew into what we called the Inverted Dungeon, because, you know, the upside-downside versions yeah. of the castle from Symphony of the Night. And then uh, ever since that, I have just been maintaining a Castlevania website on my own. And so you want to talk Metroidvanias, I can talk for, like, years about that. Okay, well, I got no. <laughs> I got nothing to do tonight, um, other than eat dinner at some point. But, I mean, um, we should probably wrap this this podcast up at some point, but let's let's yeah. go for another 10, 15 minutes. Why not? I think I think when Falconic and Mo were on, so the podcast that I do with Rafe is <laughs> typically about an hour long with just her and I. Yeah. When there's a guest, it usually leans to like a half hour longer. Yeah. When Falconic and Mo were on. It was like a two and a half hour. Oh marathon. my god! It's like we were we were drinking. We were. I mean, I've I've had a couple beers here, but like, you know, like I was hung over the next day. Like it was it was not a good look, man. But Castlevania Symphony of the Night, uh huh, is my jam. Like that's Love another that one that I own multiple iterations of. Like I I don't mm-hmm. know what happened to my PlayStation my PlayStation Black Disc. Mm. I think my. My brother ended up with it because, like, it was one of those things that got left behind when I went into the army. Yeah, and then when I came back, like, it's it's somewhere. And like, them like parents moved, my brothers all moved, so it's like it's somewhere amongst things. But. I have three copies of it. I think one for my. I got the greatest tits edition of the PlayStation one because okay. I was late to the party for that, and I've never felt the need to upgrade it because why? Um, and then I have the Xbox Live edition they put out, and I got the PSP combo of like the rebooted Rondo along with it. I haven't picked up the PS4 download version of it and the classic Rondo because I'm like, I own this game enough times and I can just play it on my yeah. Xbox. Why? I, so. I did just remember another iteration of how I own Final Fantasy 1. Okay. I have the PSN versions. <laughs> and I have the PSN version of Symphony of the Night as well. Yeah. I have the PSP, the the, the Rondo Blood one. Yeah, the right. Dr- uh, Dracula X Chronicles. Yes, yep. that, that's the one that I have. But I, for the most part, I play the PSN one now. But that is a game that, like, I, had, I used to have this, like, completionist tendency where mm-hmm. I'm like, I would want to go through and just kill everything to fill out the library system to find out what every enemy's second drop was. Yep, I've done that. And and then I found the Ring of Varda <laughs> off the, oh, I can't remember the, it's like the Australopithecus skeleton mm-hmm. or whatever in the inverted castle. It drops this ring that boosts like all of your stats by like 20 or 30. Yeah. And then I would farm two of them and just lol easy mode the rest of the game uh i would do that with the schmooze and the reverse library because the, okay. sh- the schmooze will drop the chrysogrim yes the, yeah. the, the 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 super fancy sword right the, the super fancy sword that like cuts 20 times when you push the button yeah. once and does ungodly damage i'd farm two of them and i just tap both buttons yeah nice yeah i would and then i found about like the 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 luck password uh-huh because that's the only thing where any of these uh, drop-based mechanics is really viable. Like, if you try to get that Ring of Varda yeah. on, like, standard luck, like, good luck, no pun intended. Um, but, yeah, like, I would just do that. And I would, I don't know how many hours of my life I spend just <laughs> running back and forth down that inverted hallway, killing that freaking skeleton. Yep. I've been there. And when I would get, like, an early drop, I'd be like, hell yeah, we're going to get one really quick. <laughs> Four hours later. Four hours later. 
Yeah. I'm pretty, I should probably go to the bathroom. I'm pretty sure when I was grinding schmooze for two chrysogrims that one time, because my sister and I were like, oh, this sounds dumb. Let's see if we can do this. Um, it was probably an hour and a half that we ground on that. And then once I got it and I'm tapping both of them, I'm literally walking through every enemy without pausing. We were just like, this is so stupid. It's great. It's so much fun. <laughs> it, is. it is. I remember there was, I think it was, it was in the inverted clock tower. No, it was in the regular clock tower. Mm-hmm. There's the the floating knight that has the sword that he kind of flies around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, and you pop up and you hit him and like you could one shot him and then drop back down, pop up, hit him. There was I don't know how many times like I would hit him and I would see the sword drop right out of the screen. And I was like, damn oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was <laughs> it, the, some of those drops were irritating because the game is fun. But you you realize that it's not entirely well coded because, you know, it's the first Metroidvania yeah. that. Well, first good Metroidvania that the co- company Konami ever did. We're, we're not really counting Vampire Killer and Castlevania 2 among that. Yeah. <laughs> Those were I, uh... early ones. And I mean, if we want to go deep cuts on their Metroidvanias, there's also Konami YY World, which was another one of their Metroidvanias. You've lost me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I told you I could talk this for days. I know Castlevania. I played that one a lot. Castlevania 2 was okay. It was okay. It's 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 um, better if you can get a proper English translation of the Japanese version, because then you can okay. actually understand the stupid game. Yeah. Yeah. Castlevania That's, three was my jam. I had that one as a kid. Like that was one that like my parents like I had like they it was like a Christmas present or something uh-huh. like that. But like factory in the box. All the other ones oh, were, you know, flea market use, versions. Yeah. And then um Simph- uh, Castlevania four. I love that one. That one's one of my faves. That's it's in my top three. Because that game is that, that game, game is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, like I never beat it. Like that's the thing <laughs> with like the 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 original quadrilogy mm-hmm. of the Castlevanias. Like I've never beat any of them. I mean, I think I might have beat Symphony or um, I'm sorry, Simon's Quest because it's pretty much the easiest one of those. Yeah, if you spend your time and you grind and you don't care about which ending you get, the good or the bad one, you can finish that game and it's not too ridiculous. Yeah, and yeah. then like. Castlevania 3, like, I just remember never knowing how to activate or consistently, like, Grant's ability to climb on the walls. He's a little weird. Or, like, how to consistently Alucard bat, like, uh, yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not good with the, the technical <laughs> button pushing stuff, but. Castlevania 4, of the original four that we're talking about right now, Castlevania 4 yeah. is the only one I was actually able to beat because that one was easier than the others now don't get me wrong there's one boss near the end of the game slagra who's a fucking dick and he's like you hit him and he bounces up and then he tries to land right on top of you unless you're like good and lucky he's gonna damage you and he does more damage than you do and he's he's an asshole oh god i hate slagra but i have beaten that game multiple times just because i forced myself to do it because it's so pretty i got a question for you Mm -hmm. game you ever beat what what? Because I've never met anybody that's beat it. Have you ever beat Paperboy? <laughs> Is there an actual ending to Paperboy? I think so. Okay. I think the week ends. <laughs> it's like Paperboy's best ever. It's like that newspaper thing. I I can swear I got through a week and got back to, and and it just resets you back and it's not anything yeah. special because the uh the uh, and it depends on which version of it you're playing too obviously because there's the like NES and Genesis and um, arcade versions are all slightly different. On the NES, I would maintain just like two or three houses, and then I'd say fuck it to all the rest of them, and I just keep those houses around and play dodge them, and then just try and get through as many of the days as I can. I'm pretty sure I made it through a week at least once. 
Okay. All yeah. Right. Well, I just don't know the if there's first an ending. person I've ever met that has done that. <laughs> it, was, wow. it was a challenge to do it. And I had a lot of NES games. Uh, f- my mom had a friend who had, uh, who worked as a copyright lawyer. Okay. And he'd lead one of the things that they would do is like working with the feds. They would, uh, impound a bunch of the bootleg games. So, oh. yeah. So he had, stacks of cartridges sitting around of crap they couldn't get rid of that but you know so they on the sly once in a while pass one of these things off to people so i ended Dude, up I with a 72 with huh i know right i want to be friends with this guy i ended up with a 72 and one game cartridge that had like a bunch of decent nes games and a lot of shit on it so like people are talking ra- rare random games to do randomizers on i'm like clue clue land and they're all like what the fuck is clue clue land i'm like you don't know nes until you know this <laughs> shitty game <laughs> That's my favorite thing about randomizers is thinking of all of the other like there is a Symphony of the Night randomizer. Uh-huh. I'm a member of the Discord. I need to get over there at some point because SVJ was talking to me about that, and that sounds like like it sounds like a game I'd actually be into. The Metroidvania ones I've watched, um, Aria of Sorrows uh, randomizer, okay. and that one's interesting. Although, like it, it's the, not a it's it because of the way that that game is built. It's basically a soul quest fetch quest until you can get to the okay. end of the game so symphonies yeah. would be more interesting just because you actually have to play the game yeah like the, the randomized like relic locations and things like that yeah the I'm, i've been a member of the discord i haven't spoken or done anything in it but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm there the randomizer the concept in and of itself i would love to see like a faxanadu oh randomizer. yeah like that's a game that i haven't touched since i was a kid but i love the music like that's what sticks in my mind when i remember facts anadu mm-hmm. is like how cool the music was in that game and i like the fact that like your sprite changed based on what armor i love i love when games do that like yeah it's yeah. such a it's such a cool little nod and mm-hmm. not a lot of games do it no. uh, i mean obviously like the bigger like the mmos and stuff like that because that's what those games are designed around like mm-hmm. wow and things like that do but it would be really neat like even if they built that into the Final Fantasy randomizer, like if you could find a way to change the color of like your fighter sprite, like if he's wearing ice armor, if he was like like a an icy blue color, that would be cool. That's knowing what I know about the palettes for that game. It would basically be that the the weapons and armor would have to be assigned to a very like because the weapons will change color depending upon what you're equipping because they're a separate sprite. But the are the sprites of the characters would have to be assigned to the two or three pallets they have available. I'm pretty sure you'd have to set it the three, the special three pallet mode that they have in the available in the randomizer, which is a little funky, but interesting. But yeah, I mean, there's a way that you could do it to get like two or three of them, but it would take a lot of dev work to be able to get you yeah. like the full pallet of like all the enemy sprites that you could apply to your characters. Cause that game is really weirdly programmed. When when I'm independently wealthy after I hit the <laughs> mega millions with the Powerball, just just, just pay will, like uh, Nitz and Steven Septimus to like go in there yeah. and really do it. Like yeah, here's yeah. here's ten grand. Go figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I have the Powerball. <laughs> well, I won't I won't deny that. Um, I have a on the side. I run a small little game company that we are actually working on our first video game. 
And that's awesome. That's not something you should minimize, dude. <laughs> I don't. I don't tend to boast about myself on like my projects and so forth. You know, say it a little and then move on because I just that's how I am. But yeah, but this is this is this is your platform, dude. <laughs> this is your show, man. But it's 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 right now. It's a Zelda clone. Uh, we're calling it Rise of Camelot because it's uh, based on Arthurian legend. And the question okay. question I get at uh, conventions is, what inspired you to do this? And I go, uh, Arthurian legend is outside of copyright. So. <laughs> 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 like I, I want public domain. It's, it's public domain. I can do what the hell I want with it because it's from like the twelve and fourteen hundreds. Try and find someone to sue me. Come on, no, but um, but yeah, it's like I, uh, my friend and I were like years ago. We're dreaming up a Castlevania style game, like Metroidvania, and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, we can't. Do, we don't want to do Dracula and those. But the thing that Konami can get away with is it's all public domain characters because Dracula and Frankenstein and all of them are public. Yeah, yeah. So. I was I, like, my brain turned to Arthurian legend for some reason. I'm like, we can just do that, and no one can stop us at all. And we do like Greek and Roman monsters and some Norse myth stuff in there and everything. So we want to do that, but we got to build to that. And it's much easier with uh, the programs that are out, like Unity and so forth, to do a Zelda style game. So the game we're building right now is like kind of a little bit Zelda, a little bit Act Razor once we're done with it, because you do, you know, okay. you explore dungeons and then you unlock little villages that you can help upgrade and so forth. And in the back of my mind, since the very first day we've been planning it, I've like I've been thinking about it and I've been telling my programmer because it's a two man team. We're doing this. I'm like, just remember, year from now, we're building a fucking randomizer for this. (laughs) 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 How do you feel about um, the Metroid part of the Metroidvanias? You ever get into those? You know, I love watching Metroid. I love seeing what people can do with it. I think the Metroid games are really good. I suck at them so hard. Yeah. Like, there's I'm, something about switching it from a, uh, a sword or whip to a gun that loses me. So Mega Man's out, too, for you? I, again, I like the Mega Man games. I really righteously yeah. suck at them. The only ones I can get into are the ones that have, like, an easy mode. And even then, good luck <laughs> getting me through the whole game. Like, I, I I played those uh, platformers a lot. Like, I grew up with Mega Man, Mega mm-hmm. Man 2, Mega Man 3. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the two that my dad brought home from the flea markets. Um, yep. Mega Man X, Mega oh. Man 7. Mega Man X and Mega Man X 2, I was able to defeat. Mega Man X 3 mm-hmm. lost me because it just wasn't as good. I... X2 and X3 are games that I own that I haven't played through completion, but because I didn't have them as a kid. Yeah. Um, Metroid, Metroid 1, I played a lot and was never good at. No, that's not a game you're supposed to be good at. The the whole point (laughs) of Metroid is the experience of it, and I don't think the devs really expected people to beat it. (laughs) It's a a really neat little experience. Mm -hmm. Like, you feel isolated. Yeah. You know, it's... Tonally, it's it's an interesting experience for a lot of the um, NES games. Mm-hmm. The Metroid Two on the Game Boy, I played a little bit. I I had it as a kid. I remember beating it. It's a bit rough. I, it's it's better when you play it on the Super Game Boy, just so you can get like yeah. better coloring, and it's a it's, little easier exactly to navigate. How I played it. Yeah, but even then, it's it's a little rough. Like I like the game, but I can't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> yeah. And then Super Metroid was one that I played a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I I can't even wall jump. So like the randomizer isn't even an option. No, for me. no. I watch people who play the randomizer. I'm like, that is so cool what you're doing. I can't get past that plant boss that drops the spores. So yeah, <laughs> or I'm I like, I can de- beat it, but I can't figure out where to go from there, and I just have to shut the game off because I suck. 
Yeah, I can beat the vanilla game. I've played it a That's lot. Good. I can do it. I can get the uh, 100%. Like, I know where nice. all the missile packs and stuff are. Nice. I can't. Like, when it comes to, like, competitively playing that game, uh-huh. like, you need to be able to wall jump. You need to be able to mock ball. And I can't do any of that. Any sort of frame perfect trick. The 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 the, the full halfies and everything else that they do. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm never going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've tried it. Mm-hmm. And I've thrown myself against a brick wall for 45 minutes. I would rather throw myself against a brick wall that is the Temple of Fiends Revisited. Yeah. Because, like, then there's... You, you, it's a thinking man's game at that point because it's like, all right, what am I doing wrong here? Yeah, and if you if you fuck up a button press, it's you you can tell you did it and you know why you did it, and it's because you weren't paying attention. It's not because the game is just like twitch second uh, uh, yeah. requirements for an action thing. Yeah, I know. It's I love the Castlevania games, but at the same time, there are moments where I'm simply going, I know I pressed that button. Why the fuck am I dead now? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's moments like that that happen for me in FFR. Mm-hmm. When like I have a good understanding of like the encounter table, yeah, and I'm like trying to save scum, like kind of walk across the world map and drop those save items so I don't have to deal with encounters. I love doing that. That's, that's a great skill to have. And when I know when the next encounter is coming, and I go to hit start, and it's like pushing start activates the encounter. It's like, damn it, I was one one, one frame step off. off. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there several times. It's and it's one of those ones where like, well, I guess I'm just gonna reset and do it again because I don't want to have to deal with all that. The the encounter I'm getting is awful. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. I know the people that can memorize the steps and know the exact step they need to freeze on. I tend to go just based on the music. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'll memorize like the overworld music and then the sea music for when I'm like sailing around and I'll know about when I'm supposed to pause on both of them. And it's not too bad, but that's one of those. That's a core mechanic that if you're playing the randomizer and you want to get good speed, it's because the randomizer randomizes the encounter table. It's an it's a set can counter table. It's not like it's just a dice roll every time whether or not you're going to get an encounter. You can actually yeah. know how many steps you're going to need to take before that next monster is going to show up. And if you do a hard reset, it goes all the way back to the start of the encounter table, whereas a soft reset, like as if pushing the reset button on your NES, as they say, will just carry you yeah. one further into the encounter table. Like, if you know what you're doing, you can navigate the whole game without getting monsters. And it's fabulous because that speeds up the whole game for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things like along with minuing that, you know, you're, you'll probably be terrible at it mm-hmm. when you first start. Yep. Like I am. And, but eventually it's one of those things. that's just practice, practice, practice and get you get you faster. Cause like the, I used to, I remembered when, I was preparing for the tournament. I was like, I hear everyone talking about encounter manipulation. Yeah. I used to Google, how do I encounter manipulate in Final Fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like, it's interesting how they have to do it for some things, because I'm sure you watched the uh, Green Medusa of Death match between Will Cleosis oh, yeah. and Tristel MTG, which Tristel got robbed. I mean, I love I think Will Cleosis is a great guy. And I mean, I think he'd even admit that he, it was pure luck that the Germaduces in there were as bad as they were with like ambush and blaze and death touch. And it would just yeah. wipe the party every time Tristel was on there. And he spent was like 10 or 12 tries figuring out the encounter tables so he knew how he could skip the Germaduces so he could do something else on the earth floor and make it through the dungeon. Yeah. That was rough. I. <laughs> Somehow getting robbed. My <laughs> racing is Will Cleosis in round one of the spring tournament. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably my best race in that game, and that and that whole tournament. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. But 
I, I, it's it's like I have that that Marlon Brando moment and on the Riverside, like I could have been a contender. It's like fourteen <laughs> seconds. Fourteen seconds. Oh. If I had because I, I screwed up um, and reset um, after Garland without having saved it. I've done that. I hate it when I do that. And it, like you get deep enough in it, and you're like, I just wasted three minutes. Damn it. Yep. Yeah. So yep. So it's like I. It's only three minutes, but I lost that race by fourteen seconds. Yeah. That and hurts. It's like, Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like if I win that race, the playoff bracket for him and I is moving forward is completely different. It is. I probably still end up one in four, but but it's a different one in four. Yeah. There's a whole <laughs> parallel universe out there. Well, and then maybe Tristel doesn't get the Germaduces of death. Maybe all you did was knock Tristel out of the tournament. I mean, did you ever think about that? <laughs> I'm not even sorry. Because <laughs> I was all, I mean, he at least got to play in the brand. He did. He did. He made, he made it decently well in. I, yeah, I love that the uh, the tournament has been all new blood. Oh, it's with, been great. Uh, Crab Cakes, Shadow Walker. Like, I'm, in my mind, they're not new blood. They've been around forever because they've been around since I've been in the community. <laughs> like, the people that are coming in after me, I, like, I look down at them. I like the, like, when you're in high school and, like, you're the sophomore looking at the freshman, like, psh, but we're all still ducklings together. And like, holy shit, this guy put on better times than me. Well, and I, I, I like seeing the new people that come in, like Super Luigi and Sledge yeah. and Thunder and all of them. And it's Team like Super Sledge. Yeah, that's a great name. Such a great name. Um, but it's also that thing of like they come in after I do. And a lot of them are posting scores. They're like half the half the time I do. I'm like, OK, I'm just going to sit here for the rest of my time in this game and just plod. But sure, whatever. <laughs> 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 There's discussion about the co-op tournament and how people are going to do and what they're expecting. I'm like, I just expect to get knocked out in my first three matches and then I can work behind the scenes. I mean, I have no yeah. no illusion about how good I'm going to do it. It's, it's like there's a possibility you'll have the same thing and there'll be you and I on voice comms for most of the rest of the games. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, I like doing commentary for the races. It's I good. want I, I mentioned it last night on my podcast. I want team game changers in round one. You want to fight I want them? Falconic and Will yeah. Cleosis. Yeah, that'll be fun. That's going to be a good I, team too. They're they're really solid at that game. They are. Yeah, but they haven't been practicing. Neither <laughs> have I. I mean, start practicing, man. <laughs> my 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 co op partner is out of town for like two weeks, so I'm like, dude, tournament's coming up. When are we gonna play? And after that, at this point, I'm just like, screw it, whatever. Let's just lose. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's tough. I mean, Hyro Hyro Fellows and I like we've practiced. I want to say like four or five seeds Mm -hmm. and we're putting up consistent times in those practices. Uh, Like we're, we're, we're feeling better now that there's brackets. Mm -hmm. Like when it was the four play in races, there was some nerves. It's Mm -hmm. like those, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Finish top two. Even because like, I was like plotting it out in my head. I was like playing race one is going to be a, free for all it is oh it would have been nasty when they were because they were planning originally to just run eight teams in the tournament and then they were going to have some play-in races to determine who the eight teams were and instead they got 16 teams and just opened the entire brackets up another round yeah which is great for us i mean i'm so happy i don't have to like stress over can i get into the top two of these four races and if i don't Mm -hmm. and it also means i don't have to play four races if i lose three of them i'm out and i'm happy so (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it would be, don't get me wrong. I would be overjoyed if I somehow made it with my partner to the uh, second round of the tournament and, you know, the, the the Elite Eight. I don't think I'd make it past there, but that would still be amazing. But I'm just happy to be in the tournament and just play. 
is there any is there any team in particular you want to you want to match up against in in round one? Well, Crab Cakes isn't playing in the tournament, from what I can tell. She she didn't join. Um, so I guess I mean I either want to play at a te- another team at my level, so like Super Sledge. So it seems like it's a really close one because they're able to post times in the one thirty to one fifty range, which is where Min and I are in our game. And so sometimes we do good, sometimes we do poorly. He and I need to practice more and really work out a better strategy. Uh, we're um not to spoil anything, but we're going to try a, a much more fast and loose party composition because he okay. wants to he wants to take big gambles. And I know that one of us has to at least power up a party that can actually make it through Topher. Yeah. So I think he's going to end up trying like a Thief Rainbow or even a Thief Red Mage, Black Mage, Black Mage party in our next practice when he's finally back. If we don't have to play it in the tournament immediately, Um, which is a spicy combo. And that's all run in and then die after you see everything that's in here and don't expect to do anything. Whereas straight information. Oh, total information. I'm like, Mazamu's over here. And I'm like, cool, go find Tiamat for me. So while I go get that sword Um, and then I'm going to I play a uh, two fighter two red mage combo. Because that's okay. that is entirely a. I am just going to sit here, get my gear, get my levels, and then go kill chaos on the first attempt. Yeah, that's all that's there for, and it works every time we play. He dives in the tofer before I do because I'm a little slower with my party, and then he dies. And before he, but he can has get, that information for you. Yeah, before he can get to chaos, he or the second time he's already told me this guy has nuke, this guy hits like a truck. Don't do this, and then I'm in there and I immediately kill chaos in the first attempt, and it's great. So. That that's fun. Uh, Hyro, Hyro, and I have been trying to do, uh, and I'll, I'll you're sharing strategy. I'll share strategy. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll meet you. In, I'll meet you there. <laughs> we've been doing complimentary parties, uh-huh. so he'll run either fighter red double black or fighter double red and black, and I'll run fighter double red and white. Mm. Um, so one of us has access to all the magic. Yeah, and that's or at good. Least between the two of us, we do. So it's like depending on how things fall, like in, the, in our first few seeds, um, he was finding, like he was lucking out in his dives and finding all the gear and having the party to wipe out chaos. But in the past few, it's come down to me, like having access to life two or ruse or something like that on those like white mage only spell levels. Yeah. That has allowed me to go a little bit farther. And when I did our, um, the co-op exhibition when we raced against team Flavortown, Meridian and Moist Mogwai before they got to their Mega Man three strats. <laughs> we were, um, yeah, that whole race, dude, oh. we thought we were like neck and neck. Like we yeah. had no idea. And, and then, the, and then you realize halfway happen. in that they completely crapped out and Meridian just goes and starts playing Mega Man three for no reason, which was yeah. hysterical we, we to no watch. Idea, though. Like when we, when we got done, like yeah. when we were in Topher, we were like, <laughs> all right, dude, this is our, our man. He wiped our, and I'm going in, you know, like, <laughs> like we thought we were in it. Yeah. Like we, yeah. So that was, that was a ton of fun. And I love the, the co-op setting because you get oh, to yeah. share. It, the, your, the it's great fun. It is. It's great it's fun than, just to play the game with someone. I mean, whether you win or lose, just being in a race with another person where you can converse and do other stuff and just share what you're doing yeah. is a blast. 
Yeah. It completely oh, you hit the waters it. with Death Touch too. Yeah, Topher's yeah. going to be fun. Yeah, it, and it's interesting because this is, as I think someone has pointed out before, um, like on the Discord, which we will reiterate here, um, the fact that this is the only randomizer that any of us know of where you can literally play it co-op. It's not like two people are running the same seed, but they're doing it separately. You're sharing items. Um, and every time one person gets a key item, it uploads to the server before downloading to the other person. So like you can really combo play this game in a way you can't just about any yeah. other randomizer. This is something that truly sets it apart. Yeah. I think in the, the, the exhibition race, I was getting ready to dive something and go into a dungeon and Hyro was like, Oh, I just got the slab. And I was like, Oh dude, I'm right by Melmon. Let me go turn that in real quick. Mm-hmm. And then he could immediately find Lafayne and go figure out what that item was. So instead of wasting three minutes for him to fly back to Melmon, yep. then go to Lafayne, he could just start flying to Lafayne to get that key item turn in. It's really awesome. Or, it's it's so it's so interesting the strategy you can devise for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you just killed Lit. Like I know it's not a flag right now, but like I can see it happening. Like, oh, you just killed Lich. Cool. I'm in Crescent Lake. Yeah. I can turn this in right away. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. The 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 practices I ran with Min, we I we we've done I want to say three, and we've been largely you know we've come down from two hours when we were first trying to figure out our strategy yeah. at the start to the one thirty to one forty five range I think. Um, and those first couple were when Falconic was still figuring out the flags for the tournament, and they were brutal hard ones. And so yeah. two hours on that, I'm like, oh man, we're doing fucking great. Of course, now I see Thunder and his people like turn in like our seats yeah and it's just like ah well fuck it whatever i'm not gonna win this but especially if i go up against those two <laughs> well they might get they might get some bad luck and get knocked out in the maybe, first round maybe, well i'm expecting maybe super sledge shows up man you never know <laughs> team super sledge wipes them out and then i'm able to take some else up the two of us fight and it's a battle royale happened, dude <laughs> that, and that's where love about ffr it doesn't matter but because like yeah you're racing the same seed mm-hmm but you might get humbled by some fire three amps. Oh yeah. And I might not ever see that. Yeah. Well, and there's the, so. the thing about the, the co-op tournament that makes magic interesting. And also at the same time, worrying about your magic classes a little less necessary is the fact that item magic is randomized. Yeah. So like for those that don't haven't played the game in a while, or don't remember there's like the heel helmet and the Bane sword and the power gauntlet that you could use in combat and they would cast spells. Those items still mm-hmm. exist in the randomizer with this flag on, but they randomize what the magic is. And the last three times Min and I have played, we've gotten a cure four gauntlet. Oh, nice. Yeah, don't, don't don't bet on that. <laughs> no, no, but it's like three <laughs> times in a row. I'm like, Jesus, dude, I'm clearing through Topher easy because I'm just like, have my red mages constantly casting cure four and not giving a shit. <laughs> yeah, I, the, one of the best things I found was like a fade hammer. Oh, those are great. That was, oh. that was a ton of fun. I've gotten a, a nuke, stick. nuke stick. Nuke stick is good. I, I think the last time we played, I actually found a nuke sword for uh, not for sale, but just in one of the nice. boxes. And I'm just like, well, I'm nuking everything. This is going on my fighter. He's never going to attack. He's just nuking because why yeah. the fuck not? <laughs> and then and then you have the seeds where it's like, cool, I got a lamp helmet. <laughs> Well, cool. my last one was actually it, uh, up until right at the very end when we finally found the nuke sword and the cure four gauntlet. It was mostly that it was like a harm one shirt and a yeah. a cure one helm and like lamp yeah. and afer. And I'm just like, oh, my God, the item magic sucks. But it's the thing about it is there's what, like 10 or so random items in the game. And with yep. the number of spells that are there, you're eventually going to get something that's useful, even if it's like. Yeah. 
fire two or fire three, you're going to get something that's item magic worthy. One of the one of the best I've had. So you mentioned the the heal helmet. Yeah, there are two of those in the game. Uh huh. Cast heal in, in combat. Yep. I found saber helmets. Oh, I love those. The the power gauntlet, which is one of the, the best quality of life items you mm-hmm. can have in the in the game, cast the spell saber, which boosts your attack power. Which and... which is a fun quirk if you play the vanilla game because only the black mage can learn saber and only the white mage can learn ruse, and it's like they're only in those uh, shops to actually be applied to magic because those two mages are never actually going to use those single target on self spells. Unless you're going Masa Strats with the white wizard. That, or yeah, or you have like a four white mage party or something like that. Yeah. 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 It's it's yeah. it's rare you actually use them. They're just there for item magic. So yeah. but you were saying So the, the the saber helmet basically I was like, cool, I have two power gauntlets now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it is so much fun. Because I think I I think in that seat I was running Fighter Ninja because I love the thief, even in even not fixed. My vanilla party as a kid playing this game was fighter, thief, white, black. Yep. I think I, I did a chaos rush seed uh, when I was just when I first got into the, uh, the community and I wanted to play everything and experience some stuff. And chaos rush is fun to get into to just learn stuff about yeah. the game. And I think yeah. one of my seeds, it was like it randomized me a fighter, thief, white mage, and then... In my first couple shop explorations, I found like a fast shirt and a saber uh, hammer, and oh, man. and I'm like, well, I'm soloing this now because fuck the other two party members, <laughs> 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 or like have the thief cast fast on me, use the the saber thing, and I'm just like, okay, everything dies in front of me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh, man. Uh, well, we have been going for over an hour, which officially makes this the longest podcast I have ever done. I told you, man. I told you. <laughs> I, I, I can still go. Like, we didn't even talk about Wild Arms or any of the other RPGs I played growing up. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to have to have you back on the show. But before we start wrapping up officially, I do want to get outside of video games for a sec. This is something I did with Sonny Wrath as well, which I don't know if you knew this about him, but he really loves to bowl and to play pool okay. and play ping pong. So, what interests do you have outside of video games? Because my website will cover anything if you can geek out about it. So, what's something interesting that you're into that maybe people don't expect? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's what people don't expect. But, I mean, for the past few years, I've been playing a lot of D&D 5th edition. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot a player, of us in the community a, that play, like, RPGs. Yeah, as a DM, as a player, I like adapting um, things in media to D&D settings. Mm-hmm. For instance, I had a a, a campaign. So I, I'm part of a, a Tuesday game where it's like a rotating DM where every like little mini character or story arc, we rotate uh, DM responsibilities in a shared world. Mm-hmm. And for one of my campaigns, I ran them through the first season of True Detective. <laughs> you know, like with, the, with the murders, with dialogues ripped right from this, That's ripped funny. right from the show. The That's Matthew funny. McConaughey, Woody Harrelson characters uh-huh. were... NPCs. I took out a lot of their like their interpersonal conflict and just focused more on the the murder mystery and like the weird, creepy Yellow King stuff. And then I've adapted like Stephen King novels That's into D and D stories. Um, I, <laughs> I I when I was in the army, I did a lot of karaoke. I'm not good at it. <laughs> 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 um, I'm really big into cooking. Um, I've worked. 
again, it's like you and Sonny Rath. I'm going to have to have the two of you on the show at some point so we can just do a cooking show because that's apparently one of his passions as well. I've worked. So when I was a kid coming up, like working in high school and stuff, I worked in a lot of restaurants in the, in the back of the house, washing dishes, working my way to prep cook, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, for when I got out of the army, I got a really good gig doing defense contracting stuff, making stupid good money that you should not be making in your early 20s. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, and, you're in your 20s, so while you appreciate it, you don't appreciate it as much as when you're no longer making yeah, it in your 30s. I had no yeah. idea what I was doing. I was no. like, I'm broke. <laughs> I don't know how, but I'm broke. My um, my nephew, who's just out of high school, got a factory job, and he makes like 30000 a year. And I'm like, Jesus, you know, when I got out of high school, I was making five bucks an hour. How do I get your gig back then? Come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> but then at the same time, it's like thirty grand a year is like poverty line stuff. Like when it comes to inflation, it sucks. Man. Oh yeah, people are like, dude, you make thirty grand a year. It's like, bruh, have you seen my mortgage, like yeah. or my rent or whatever? Yeah, like, you have a, yeah. you either have a cheapy apartment or you're barely paying everything, yeah. even a thirty. Yeah, it's yeah. like I got roommates, and I'm, yeah. you know, like fifty years ago, this would have been a a living wage. Yeah, but if you're if you're out of high school and you have like three roommates, you yeah. just don't care. Thirty grand sounds like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I could talk about work and wages and all that stuff for like another. Hour. <laughs> there's an, like, I, there's I an depressing podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the, I, I work in that, that that industry, man, where it's just like you take your hourly rate and multiply it by 2080. That's your that's your yearly salary. So mm. you start taking those numbers like 30,000. You divide it by 2080. Yeah, not very much. It's no. maybe what, like nine dollars an hour. Yeah, it's it's something. It's, so, it's not great. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's it's. For us, like perspective, like, yeah, I was in the same boat working at a Wawa outside Philly making five sixty five an hour. Yep. And when I got bumped to six and a quarter, I thought I was hot shit, man. <laughs> yeah. The time when I was working at Blockbuster and they promoted me at from like regular guy who was making five fifteen to shift supervisor making eight fifty. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so rich now. Yeah. I'm buying a Mercedes, <laughs> a very small one. But I'm buying. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, I. The- I, 164 I, scale. Yeah. No, I, 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 I did then what I still do now, which is I have too much cash in my pocket. Time to go blow it on movies and video games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the disposable income. Yeah. The people that feed those AGDQs and SGDQs, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, and then I, I like. $2,000 donation. Like, what? Who's got $2,000? For, for, <laughs> for kids who grew up in our era, this is a really evil time for us. Because, you know, after the NES and Super NES minis came out, now there's like the really awesome Genesis mini come out. Konami mm-hmm. just announced the Turbo Graphics mini, which has like the Chronicles of East books one and two in it, which I'm like, oh, my God, I need to buy this. And that's like 80 to to $100 a pop for everyone I'm like i must have all of these I, you just reminded me of another platform with which i have final fantasy i have the <laughs> ff yeah i have the nes classic and i have the yes, snes classic because yes. i saw them at target i was like i have to buy this because at a general principle because like these things were like hidden like they were so hard to find i was like yeah i was just gonna get one yeah yeah but the super nes classic only has one of the two final fantasies for it and no chrono trigger yeah which is just yeah. really weird. Like you have like the top three RPGs everyone talks about for this era on your platform, and you only give us one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little weird. Yeah, and but you get Link to the Past. You get the you get Mario World. Mm-hmm. You know, you get you get some good stuff on it. So, but yeah. The, so coming out of um like that, like I went. I forget what we we're talking about. F- Things were working as a cook and your love cooking, of food. Yeah. yeah. So, um. Around 2013, the the good paying job that I had kind of went tits up. And yeah, that happens. 
um, I had to like reevaluate my life. And like, I, I used to smoke. So like I would be on like smoke breaks with like my buddies in the office. And we'd always talk about like our doomsday plans. Like, Oh, what are you going to do? If like you lost your clearance or whatever. I was like, did I go back to school? I'd go back to school. I'd leave this. It's, it's bullshit. Like the bureaucracy of like working in these offices is just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And so I, that happened in like April of 2013. And I was like, well, I applied for a couple jobs. Nothing came through. And I started applying for schools and I went back and finished my undergrad, used the GI bill to, um, pay for it all. And then when I was like trying to make ends meet, cause the GI bill was nice, but it wasn't enough. Yeah. So I got a part-time gig working in a restaurant, a barbecue place, being a line cook. And I did that basically off and on for five years. And there's, have a lot of like passion when it comes to cooking. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have a lot of technical skill. Like I can read a book and I could follow a video and I can learn how to do something. <laughs> but like, but part of it, like I had this conversation with my girlfriend all the time because there's a lot of job dissatisfaction that I have now with what I'm doing. And it's like, maybe I should go to culinary school. It's like, I don't want to work in a restaurant. Yeah. It's, it's, so. it's one of those things of, I have like ideas for restaurants in my head that I think would be cool if I had, you know, the money to just invest in this. Well, what I'm like working on as my, like my main gig that can just be my side gig can just operate. Like if my video game company took off in a year or two and I had enough disposable income, like I'm going to go run a restaurant in the evenings just cause yeah. I can. It's yeah. stuff like that. I would do cause yeah. I love to cook. Um, I would just hate to cook for anyone other than myself. Like if I ran a restaurant, it would have to be a restaurant that I felt passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. 100% is what you should be doing if you're running a restaurant. Yeah. And restaurants are just hard to run because like most restaurants fail. Even if it's a good idea, it's going to fail. 30% of them succeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to like that stuff, like I love to cook. I love to my my brother-in-law is a like classically trained chef like ooh wow like he's really good like i love going over to my sister's place for like the holidays oh yeah <laughs> like oh what are you making today chris oh this is really good i'm Let me just i'm just going to keep eating i'm i'm just uh, farting this out in 15 minutes and suddenly it's like a gorgeous eight eight course meal yeah yeah, yeah. like he but the way he breaks it down he's like the way he like humbles himself is all i'm making is turds and smiles <laughs> It's like, I love that. <laughs> I love that because uh, that's what you're doing. You're making people happy. But at the end of the day, you're just providing the biological necessity to give them energy. The basic and nourishment. So, yeah. Yeah. So when I think about like what I want to be doing, and this is another conversation I have with my girlfriend, like when I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing with my life and always comes back to like, well, if I were independently wealthy, yeah, what would I be doing? Mm-hmm. And I think, part of it is going to be related to cooking and what I'm doing now. So I think eventually I'm going to get together like a nonprofit. Like, well, like you have your, your video game company, which is on much more stable ground than my thought experiment is to have a nonprofit that works with underprivileged or uh, high school students with disabilities and teaches them like life skills. Wow. When it comes to like working in a kitchen, like teaching them how to cook and prepare simple meals that taste really good and that are not necessarily like healthy. Like I'm not trying to do like a health food kit because I love fried chicken, but just teaching them how to do stuff that's like, and then taking what they make and basically selling it in a storefront. Well, and even if you they know, can like, just learn how to cook for themselves, that's yeah, still like, healthier yeah. than buying the exact same thing from a restaurant. 
yeah, like today we're like this week we're gonna learn how to make chili. Yeah. You know, and then like all the chili that they make, like the stuff that's like edible, because I mean, let's be honest, it's, it's some of it's not going to be. <laughs> you can send them home with it or you can like cord it, throw it into throw it into cold storage and uh-huh. like sell it, you know, by the pint. Like, hey, get some more chili or whatever. Now you're just making you know, me so hungry. You, now I'm just like, ooh, I want like, some fried chicken. Back into oh, the. Uh, <laughs> dude, I love, I love fried chicken. I was born oh. in Georgia, man. Fried chicken's in my blood. Oh. This, as is the cholesterol associated. I, I, with it. Oh yeah, no, I, that that's the reason why I don't normally eat. It. I'm like, ah, oh, do I want to kill myself today? But it's yeah. so good. Yeah, well, we will have to we will have to have a cooking podcast at some point. I think get you and Sonny Rath on with me, and we'll just do like a a three way call where we can just chat about it for hours. Yeah. And then and yeah. then if my yeah. game company takes off, I'll donate to your nonprofit for this because that sounds like a great idea say, if you need somebody to run the cafeteria <laughs> <laughs> well no i mean you have a you have a great idea there and it's one of those things of when i look at like what video games can do right now in the current market you do like an indie video game with a small team you launch it on like steam and kickstarter there's a good chance it can make enough money to support itself and the company that's around it for a while it's just yeah. getting that together and then if we get large enough i'll donate to your nonprofit because that sounds like a yeah, fantastic idea Oh yeah, dude, I appreciate it. Nice. Um, I think yeah, we need a we need an FFR cooking channel. Yeah, and, I can't. And, uh, the the pizza, the pineapple pizza, I will <laughs> die on that hill, man. <laughs> that you like, like it or that you hate it? I love it. Oh, like I mean, I like, it's not my go to pizza. Like I, I'm a I'm a supreme guy. Like pepperoni, sausage, mushrooms, peppers, onions, olives, all the whole works on yeah. the pizza. Yeah, yeah. But I think. Pineapple has a place on pizza, man. Pineapple, and, and I don't order it myself normally, but if there are people that I'm with and they're like, well, among the pizzas we're getting, I want to get a Hawaiian. I'm like, it's edible. I don't, yeah. I, that like barbecue chicken pizza annoys me because I want the tomato sauce. And I yeah. like barbecue sauce on a pizza is just weird. Like it's not pizza anymore. Just call it something else. But it's fine. Yeah. But like Hawaiian pizza, I can get by. Now, when they start being like, I want to put like pepperoni and stuff on this. I'm like, no, pineapple, ham. You're good. Why would you screw that up? They they that's a flavor combination that works really well together. Don't don't get overly elaborate on this. Just give me some Hawaiian if we're gonna do Hawaiian. But pineapple pineapple and pepperoni is fine though. And eh. my for for my money. I can't I like um, I could try it once, but I can't imagine like the the spicy pepperoni. Well, okay. It's, it's it works. Okay. I now that I'm thinking about it, because I will like make a plate when I'm actually eating nasty stuff. Like as in things that will make my artery scream um yeah you know like a nice chunk of baked brie with like some peaches and a chunk mm-hmm. of salami or pepperoni on the side those all go really well together so yeah. now that i'm talking it through okay i think i might see yeah. your point when you when you start mixing those like flavor palettes yeah. together yeah and it's just like the root forms of salty savory spicy yeah. like wheat mm-hmm. like it works man there's, um, if you ever come into town here, which I, I don't know where you live, and we're not going to say that on the podcast, but if no, you, fine. I don't, I'll share. I live out, I live outside DC, man. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. And yeah, you're like nine hours away from me. If for some reason you're in the Midwest and you decide to come over to Indy, <laughs> there yeah, are. I mean, Rafe, my my co-host for the podcast, she lives in a she lives outside St. Louis. So oh, there you go. Just so just drive, you're driving across country, you're like I'm going to pop into Indianapolis and hang out with this weirdo for a day. <laughs> There, is, there are a couple of gourmet pizza places that are really freaking good in town. They're like, but they they serve like these really elaborate pizzas, like uh, lasagna pizza with ricotta mm. and a really nice spicy sausage and some other stuff. I'll have to take you there because oh, it's it's phenomenal, like drool worthy good when you think okay. about them. Because usually with pizza, so I'm, I'm, we'll talk about pizza for just a second. I want to make a point, yes. and then uh, we, I know you want to exit. We, the show. we should. It's, it's an hour and a half in right now. We yeah. probably should. <laughs> <laughs> so 
uh, in my previous gig, it was basically what I'm doing now, but it was a little bit more of a social work bent where we would uh-huh. go into the houses and meet the families and work with them one-on-one. Yeah. And when we're doing these intake appointments and I'm getting to know the the families and the students that I'm going to be working with and would, I'd be talking to them, get, learning what their interests and uh, careers and things are. And we would start talking about food and my, uh, teammate uh rebecca she was the case manager that um that i worked with she would just start laughing because she's like well we're gonna be here for another half an hour <laughs> you know, start talking about food um but and that's what happened like we started talking about food like i like food is my castlevania dude oh I yeah can go for like another hour um <laughs> and we will on the next time i have you on the show <laughs> the the thing with pizza i like a daring pizza, mm-hmm. but I don't want to eat a whole pizza like that. I'm a simple pizza kind of guy. Like when I, when I eat things at a new place for the first time, I like to try something that's proven. Yeah. So like pizza for me, it's like, if I want to see if you have a good pizza, I'm going to order a pepperoni sausage pizza. I get that. And that's and, the, the nice thing about the, the place that I, I would take you to, uh, is we'd get a group together. Cause I have some friends that really like eating there and then we'll just get like four or five pies and you can get a very, traditional pizza and then we'll get a couple of the daring ones and you mix and match yeah. and then you take whatever home you want. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I get a little bit of exposure to that cause my girlfriend, she doesn't like pepperoni. Okay. And so it's like, that's one of like the, the first pep, uh, pizza ingredients I'll, I'll put on a pizza. <laughs> so like, we're probably just going to get separate pizzas. I, than our yeah, <laughs> I love daring pizzas. And yet at the same time, there's something to be said for a very simple pepperoni mushroom. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, pepperoni mushroom is a classic combo. Oh, so good. They, they, they just complement each other so well. Well, I mean, it is dinner time, dude, and I'm starving. So. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's wrap this one up, and we'll just make an appointment to have you on the show again, like oh, next yeah. time I need podcasting material, because my uh, co-host, his wife is pregnant, so and she's oh, due like end of next month. So, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Congratulations to him. Although I don't think I've said yeah. it on the show before, so there you go. Um, but yeah, no, I am sure that at, like we're gonna we have a podcasting appointment in a couple weeks to record four or five episodes, and then after dude, that, I'm always available. Yeah, there you go. I'm sure I'm, after that, I'm like sitting there going, well, we're not going to be doing much on the next season for a while. Let's bring Rafe ba- or uh, Caleb back in here. Let me yeah. reset. Let's bring Caleb back in and have him on the show again and do some talk about cooking and politics and more cooking. So <laughs> dude, I'm down, man. That'd be There's, awesome. I, this is, a, this has been a ton of fun. Um, <laughs> thank you for having me on the show, man. Um, I'm looking forward to Sunday night when they do the reveal. Oh Yeah. The co-op co-op matches. tournament, and then we'll see uh, who we go up against. If if it's you and I and our partners in it, have no fear. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll win. <laughs> You're, that means you and possibly men, if he's up to it, are coming on Ray Fates Caleb. Absolutely, dude. yeah. You need to have me on your show second you can because I want to. I want to do this again with you on your format. Would love to have you on, man. Totally, that's going to be a great time. So let's let's cover what uh, once again, just for stuff for p- if people want to track you down and track find you online. What are your like Twitch and Twitter and whatever else you use? Uh, Twitch, you can find us on twitch.tv slash Rafe hates Caleb. We're on uh, Instagram. Rafe mostly runs that. Uh, Rafe hates Caleb. We're on Facebook. You can find us. You can like us. That's how you can get like our podcast on the daily. You can also go to our website, rafehatescaleb.com. Hmm. You can find us on iTunes where I'm pretty sure we're on Spotify. I know we're on the Google play store, so we're out there. You can find us Rafe hates Caleb. We're also on Twitter at Rafe hates Caleb. 
Again, that's more Rafe's spiel. Mm-hmm. She's like our social media person. Nice. I just kind of the lurky, cranky old man. That's kind of what but, I do. Um, Once in a while, I'm able to promote stuff. Tonight. Yeah, exactly. Social media is hard. I need to hire someone for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Like SEO. What's an SEO? I can make my website pretty. Just come to the website, damn it. <laughs> right. Dude, you do make some awesome stuff. Like we're using your uh, your uh, layout for the, the co-op tournament. It looks awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Since I yeah. since I invade a community and within two weeks I'm like okay give me all your artistic stuff because you need to do it properly. No, let me you're you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> your color choice is all wrong. <laughs> they're they're talking about stuff and all these things. I'm like, can we get? Okay, no, you. We're, I'm gonna start talking graphic designer at you, and we're gonna be talking corporate identity and just and let me do it. Logos just and just icons. And do you have a plan for this? What's your six month plan out for your graphics right now? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, so well, thanks, thanks for having me. Thank Mike. you. This and has been a lot of fun, dude. Just to confirm, it's R A F E and C A L E B for Rafe hates Caleb. You got it. All right. Well, this has been a special edition of Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me in the booth is Caleb, and we will see you next time. <laughs>